Welcome to the True You Podcast. It's a place where you can down tools and give yourself the space to be inspired and create the life you love. It's not compulsory that you have to live like everyone else. The world needs to see your magic. Join wedding planner and creative business mentor Paula Burns as she talks to other professional women who are recognizing that the past is continually influencing our present and our future in so many positive ways. So get ready to get fired up and start creating your dream life. Hi there, everyone. It's Paula Burns here and welcome to my brand new show called The True You Show. Um, I am so excited to be here um, with this show and to share this topic with you, to share this whole concept with you, really. Um, I am going to be bringing you some exciting guests over the coming weeks, the coming months, um, and we're going to be discussing lots of topics around the concept of the true you. Um, I'm so excited that um, this concept is something that is so dear to my heart. It is something that um, I truly, truly believe in. And I want to sort of get as many conversations going around it. Um, So just to set the scene a little bit, and this is what I want to do with this show, is to set the scene and to give you some idea about who I am, what is to come. And, um, you know, for those of you you who have never heard of me, um, I want to sort of share my story with you and a little bit of my experience and why um, I am bringing this show to you and this theme to you. So um, on my career, I am a wedding planner, a value and a venue stylist. So I plan and provide support for people who are planning their wedding, um, but also any special event as well. So any um, special celebrations, whether that be an anniversary, a special birthday. In fact, I say special birthdays, but do you know what? I'm one of these people that I think every birthday is special. So, um, you know, whether you find that annoying or not, um, I'm one of these people that as soon as my birthday is coming up, I'm thinking about um, planning something, some sort of celebration to mark that occasion, because I think that's a blessing. It's a blessing every single birthday. Um, But when I say special celebration, I mean, you know, um, a lot of people sort of celebrate you know, the, the milestone birthdays that, you know, the 20, the 30, the 40, the 50, you know, that type of thing, or if they're going into retirement and things like that. So I help people create those special celebrations, whether that is a wedding or whether that is something that um, is meaningful for them. And, um, and so that's one side of my business. And then on the other side of my business, I am a creative business mentor. And so what does that mean? Because a lot of people hear about business mentors and um, but adding the word creative is something that I specifically done because that is the essence of who I am. So that sort of fits in a little bit with us talking um, about this topic about being your true you. And so as a creative business mentor, I help small business owners um, uh, promote 
their business and promote themselves in a way, in a creative way that they get seen and they get heard. So I have conversations with them. I find out about what their business is, what they want to achieve. And then I sort of look at how we can make it different. How can we make it exciting? How can we make it fun? How can we bring something out of it that will get people talking? And um, it's a really exciting concept because I talk to a lot of people who feel that they're not creative. And when we start having these conversations, we can really sort of brainstorm different ideas and come out with something really, really special. So that is what I do now. And I've been in business now for 17 years, which I can hardly believe. I mean, where does time go? Um, But 17 years at the time of doing this recording, I've been in business. And I absolutely love what I do. I work with small business owners. I work with students, um, university students. I work with um, with uh, uh, young people. And I love what I can bring to the table to help uh, people hone in and um, think more about who they are as individuals and bring that out in their lives. And um, so I am really passionate about helping people, extremely passionate. But I feel like what I do now is so far from who I was when I was growing up, but yet it's so close. So that might sound a little bit contradictory, that is so far, but it's still so close. Um, But it is only at this time of my life that I can look back and think, well, actually, the essence of what I do now is who I was and how I developed as a young person. Um, I am bringing all of that to the table. And I think so many of us go through life and um, we so many things happen to us during life and it shapes us, shapes us, reshapes us into different ways. And as we go along, we start to sort of think, well, who am I? Am I really the person that I'm supposed to be? Am I really that person that I was um, truly deep down inside. And I'm not talking about, um, you know, just the superficial stuff, because um, you can easily say, well, I'm not that person that I was years ago. I am somebody completely new and I'm really glad and I'm really happy about it. What I'm talking about here is the depth, the essence of who you are. And it's not losing that essence, but it's understanding who you are as an individual. And so the things, when I talk about the things that shape us and make us into, you know, what what happens in our lives as we go from day to day, from week to week, um, you know, year in, year out, things that can shape us are, you know, parents um, and you know, as a parent, we shape our kids, um, and especially mums. Mums, um, you know, can shape us into who 
we are going, you know, we go how we are as life goes on. Um, careers shape us, you know, as we do a job, as we work our way through the ranks, as we um, start to do new things and being pushed in different directions, our careers will shape us into um, the types of people that we are. And then friends can shape us. Who we hang around with can shape who we are. I mean, if you have a little think about who you're hanging around with, have they played a big part in what you do and how you live your life? Um, and is it how you want to live your life? Is it the sort of thing um, that you see yourself doing in years to come? And this is an exercise, to be honest, that um, you've got to take time to think about. You know, it's a reflective exercise, really. Um, and then society. Society has a huge way of shaping us. We all think that we have to be in a certain place or have to be at a certain stage at a certain time because people are constantly telling us, have you done this yet? Are you not going to do this now? You're at this age now. Should you not be doing that? Why are you wearing that? Why are you going here as you're at your age? Maybe you should be doing this. Society has got a big way of throwing us into um, a direction that we feel that we should be going. And unless you know who you are as an individual, unless you understand um, and keep tapping into that. All of these things are going to keep reshaping you and shaping you. And it's not to say that it's a bad thing, because we are humans. We're living in society. We have parents. We have friends. We have careers. These are going to move our lives in different ways. Everything that happens to us every single day is going to move our lives in a different way. But what I'm actually saying is being mindful of those things and um, mindful in a way that, no, you're not going to spend every single working moment obsessing about it, but mindful in a way where um, you can feel it. You can feel those emotions. Um, I, 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 do you know what? I am just... Um, so big on um, experiences, feeling, knowing. Um, I'm not a stuff person, a stuff person. Um, so someone who's all about the stuff around me, I would much rather spend my time um, experiencing than um, stuff. And, um, and that helps you to feel more. That helps you to understand um, how you're feeling and what you can do about how you're feeling. Can you do anything about that? So if I take you back to um, myself as a young child, um, just to give you an essence of who I am and how I developed as a person. Um, I was a very, very quiet child and people can't believe that now. People who know me and know me at this stage of my life, 
They say, how can that be? Um, but it's absolutely true. I was so quiet. Um, my mum, you know, tells me stories about how she could never leave me with a babysitter. I would just cry and cry and cry. Um, I wouldn't eat. I would fret. Um, and when I was around my mum, and I can remember some of those distinctive times as well, that I just wanted to hide behind her. I just was so scared. Um, I was quiet. I was scared. I was nervous. Um, and um, as I grew up, I buried myself in books. I spent a lot of time in my own company and books became my friend. And I can remember distinctly, even as a young child, um, that my mum would buy me books and I would feel as if I had gold because I could lose myself in these books. I could create a land of make-believe and just, you know, have this amazing feeling when I would read stories about other people's lives. But what actually happened to me during that time is I developed my creative streak. So the times that I spent reading books and everything is where I developed my creative mindset. And so I became this person who could create um, a story out of anything. So if I look back now, and I think about that time, I realized that the fact that I'm a wedding planner and I'm doing creative stuff now and I'm helping people being being creative and I'm coming up with these wow things you know in my mind my imagination is so wild it's because I developed that as a child so I nothing I love nothing more than to have a blank sheet of paper and to fill it up with exciting ideas. And that's a lot of, that's a nightmare for a lot of people. Um, I say to somebody, you know, come up with something creative. And they're like, I have no idea what to say. I've got this blank sheet of paper in front of me. I have no idea. For me, it is my dream. It is my dream. Give me the space. Give me a blank sheet of paper. And I am there. I'm there for it. So, um, so that is what I developed as a young person. And as I, um, you know, got older, I, I kept developing this land of make-believe. I felt that I was never very popular. Of course, I wasn't popular because, um, you know, I spent so much time in my own company. I had my own group of friends. I had my own select group of friends, but it was friends that, um, you know, we were all the same type of people. We understood each other. Um, but I, um, uh, for me, I just wasn't a popular girl. So um, I, I just owned that. I just felt um, it was safer for me to stay around the stuff that I knew. I didn't want to venture out into anything um, that was different because it was scary and it was okay for me to just be creative and imaginative in my own little space. And so I grew up with, um, I've got a sister and a brother and, you know, I was distinctly remembering my brother's younger, my sister is older. And I distinctly remembering just being in my sister's shadow because um, she 
was what I call the popular one. I felt like she was prettier. She was just like everybody. Um, you know, she was just the person that, um, you know, seemed to get involved in lots of different things. And in a way, I suppose I admired her confidence because she could go out and, and um, you know, be probably what I wanted to be, but I didn't feel that I had the confidence or I maybe wasn't pretty enough or good enough or whatever. But at that age, honestly, I just was happy to stay in her shadow. Um, and, you know, I just accepted the fact of who I was. And so many people, that's what we do. That's what we do in life. We just say, well, do you know what? That's not me. So I'm just going to accept the fact that um, uh, I will never make a difference. Um, you know, never be um, more than I am now. I will just stay in the shadows and, you know, just hide my light. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so as I grew up, um, I um, kept developing this creative streak around um, short stories. I developed my love of stage. Now, that's a bit of a weird thing because, um, you know, when you say that you're quiet, you um, uh, people say, well, how can you get on stage? That's really scary. But if you sort of speak to anyone who is in the limelight, who does a lot of performing and stage work, they will say to you that when they get on stage is when they become alive. So in then in normal circumstances, they're quite quiet. But when they're on stage, they come alive. And I, that absolutely worked for me. I loved being on stage. I developed my love for stage um, and also and. Um, my love for theatre and up to this day I love live shows and I love concerts I love musicals um, and what I also did is I pushed my boundaries and I actually joined a band and I can still remember it to this day I had to be coerced um, people heard that I sang I used to sing with my sister and again going back to that thing where I could be in her shadow if I was singing with her it was fine um, but singing on my own oh my gosh I couldn't do that and um, I was pushed into um, or co-host not pushed don't like to say pushed, but maybe sometimes some of us need to be pushed, um, kicking and screaming sometimes, because when you're pushed to do something, you think that, oh, no, I could never, ever do it. And then once you're pushed into it, you think, oh, my goodness, what was I worrying about? What was the huge issue? Why, why was this a thing? I'm so glad that I was pushed to do it. And um, I joined the band. And I uh, was the lead singer and I stayed in the band for 10 years and I grew. My growth in that band was phenomenal from a scared person who practically um, was shaking before I went on stage to somebody who realized that um, I had something to give um, and I wanted to perform and um, it made me feel good when I was performing, even though I still got nervous just before I went on every single time. And so um, I 
I did all of this stuff. So I'm sharing this with you because as I said, I'm setting the scene for this for this show going forward because you know I want to have these kind of conversations with you as the listener and also with my, my guests as well to understand where they came from um, all those years ago, where they came from as an individual and how that's shaping them in their life at the moment. And um, so even though I went into a career um, when I left school, it wasn't something about, um, you know, starting my own business at that point. It wasn't a big thing. I think these days, um, young people are uh, encouraged to think about being entrepreneurs. For me at that stage, it was get a good job, work your way up through the ranks. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to start making money. I didn't even want to go to university. Um, and so I got my job and um, I uh, worked for a big corporate company, stayed with them for 16 years. Again, that is um, the essence of the fact that, um, you know, it was scary for me. I wouldn't have left there. I mean, I got into this fantastic job and um, as a junior customer services assistant and then worked my way through the ranks and um, slowly slowly worked my way through the ranks, I have to say, because, um, of course, I was quiet. Everybody else was quite chatty. Well, I felt like everybody else was quite chatty. Um, and they, you know, they walked the walk, they talked the talk, they were getting promotions. And it just took me a longer time to get promotion than everybody else. Um, but it happened slowly, slowly, but surely it happened. And throughout the years, you know, I, I escalated through the ranks. Um, and then um, after 16 years, I moved to another big company and I was I felt like I was a lot more confident then because what I saw is I began to understand that I needed to get out there. I needed to um, express more about what I wanted in life. Because I watched the people who walked the talk and, and, you know, and, you know, did all the right things. And they weren't necessarily people who could do the job any better than me. I felt I could do the job a lot better. But because I was so quiet and couldn't really express um, in the way that they could, I was losing out. And so I, I realized that I had to start coming out of my shell. And I moved on to another big company and I worked with them for about six years. And then I took the leap. So in all of that self-development, I realized that who I am is a creative person. Who I am is somebody who's got thoughts, who've got dreams, who's, um, you know, doesn't want to just exist. I want to put my ideas out there. I wanted to make a difference. Um, I can distinctly remember thinking when I was very young, and this is even in during the time when I was, you know, unassuming and didn't want to get out there or anything like that, really shy. And I can remember thinking, I, I can remember saying these words. I distinctly said these words. I do not just want to grow up get married, have a family, and disappear into the woodwork. Now, it wasn't the fact that, you know, I didn't want to have all of those things. The main key thing for me is I just didn't want to disappear 
into the unknown and not bring something to the table, not be remembered for changing people's lives, not be remembered for doing something big. That's what I wanted for my life. So yes, you know, all the things that society said, you know, that you needed to do, like, you know, get married, have a family, have children, you know, do all these things. Yes, you know, I felt in a way that this is something that I needed to do, but I didn't just want that. I wanted more. I wanted more from my life. And um, when I made that decision to leave uh, the nine to five, the corporate job with the bonuses and the good pay and all of that stuff, I knew that this was my time. I knew I had to come out and be me. I I knew at that time that life is not a rehearsal. I had done 20 odd years in corporate, but in my spare time, I was still doing all my creative stuff. I was still singing. I I did my singing. I did my performing. I'm still doing amateur dramatics. I was still writing short stories, still having that huge imagination that I had when I was a child. And um, I decided that I took that leap And what sort of business did I want to go into? It had to be a creative business. It had to give me that opportunity to to create stuff from nothing. Um, And my experience with being in the corporate world helped me to be customer facing, to connect with people, to grow my confidence that way, which was fantastic. Um, And I realized my love of being able to connect with people from from coming from a child who was scared, literally scared of meeting anybody new. I came to that point where I realized, well, actually, I do enjoy meeting new people because I enjoy the experiences that that gave me. So that was a bit of a, a, a weird thing, really, because I had to realize that getting over that hurdle of meeting new people and getting over that that fear of, um, you know, being so shy that I was going to meet new people, I had to get over that to actually have the experience that I wanted to have of meeting new people, understanding, you know, who they are, you know, what their lives were, what they needed, how I could help, how I could make a positive difference in their life. And so, um, so yeah, once I go over that hurdle, I love meeting new people now. I love hearing their stories. Um, I love knowing um, how they are navigating their way through life. And, you know, what, what are they learning on a day-to-day basis? And I, I totally get a buzz from that. So that's a big part of, of, you know, what I do now in terms of the wedding planning, in terms of the business mentoring. Um, uh, it, it is big for me. Um, so I, I, as I said, I left that, um, that job and I started my business and um, I, I can still remember to this day the first event that I did, which was a charity event and it was for sickle cell anemia. I felt that it was a charity that wasn't given enough attention and I wanted to do something to raise the awareness and also to raise money for that charity. And I ran the event, the event sold out. um, And I can remember standing there at the end of the evening and people were coming up to me and saying, what an amazing night they were having, what a great event it was. They absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. They were saying, and I remember standing there thinking, 
this is what I am meant to do. And I would, I would honestly, I would recommend anyone to do this, to tap in to how you feel at any particular moment, especially when it's a good moment and realize that this is a good moment. And I knew that this was what I was meant to do in terms of events and pulling something together like that, bringing people together. That was my concept um, at the time. Being an event organizer, um, the, the concept around it wasn't just all the pretty stuff and the, you know, the all the creative and the fun and whatever. The concept for me about setting up an events business was um, I wanted to bring people together. I wanted them to have an experience where they spent time socializing together because I felt like life could take us over so much um, that we don't get that chance to be together and to spend time together and to just to enjoy ourselves, that enjoyment of life. And so that was the key reason why I set up my business. And so when I stood there at the end of that first event and I could see that I'd accomplished that and people were just so happy, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And it developed. It developed from just special occasions and events like that to weddings. Um, that happened organically. Um, and again, you will find that your life will move in an organic way. And it's understanding whether it's for you or it's not for you. And it, it happens organically with someone asking me to plan their wedding for them. She wouldn't trust anyone else. She kept again, you know, going back to where I said I was pushed into joining this band. Um, uh, I was I felt like I was pushed and coerced into planning this wedding. And oh, my goodness, I'm so glad she did. So she pushed me over that hurdle and um, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, that is where I moved into. So weddings became my and my main um, type of business. And this is why, you know, I now say wedding planning and special occasions is what I offer. So um, after, you know, doing sort of just events and weddings for quite a number of years, probably about, you know, eight, nine years, I then got involved with working with small businesses. Um, I ran uh, regular events for uh, stall holders to promote and sell little boutique events. Um, and I run those regularly. And then I developed training around that to help um, people display in a better way to promote and display um, better. Because what I could see is that they had some fantastic products, but I could look at it and with my creative mind, I could say, and with all the experience that I had from corporate and, you know, the management experience that I had, I could give advice and help them to think about, well, you know, how are you really growing this business? You know, what are you thinking about in terms of marketing, but how are you displaying so that you are being seen by your customer? So even if you are just having a, a stand or a stall, it's not, it's not like a big shop, it is still your shop front. So I was getting that across to them. So I started running training um, workshops and then, you know, just mentoring and support. And that's where the mentoring came from. So it developed organically through that. 
So the training workshops, then into the just online training and then the mentoring. And then, of course, when the COVID hit last year, it gave me a chance to really start honing in more about what I want to do in terms of the mentoring side of my business. So I can do a lot of that. Well, all of that online, really. Um, I can still meet people face to face, but I can I can connect with so many more people online um, and in real time and talk to them about the help that they need to show up and be more authentic. And so I feel that we develop who we truly are organically. It's an organic process. It's not something that we say, you know, as we're a child. When we're a child, we say something like, oh, you know, when we're children, we actually say, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a nurse or I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer. These are specific things or specific careers. Um, who you are isn't something that you can say, when I grow up, I want to be this type of person. Because you very rarely, you know, you're not going to hear young children say that because that's not what they're being taught. That's not what they're being um, encouraged to feel, which, you know, it, it would be a great thing if it was, you know, at an early age that they're being encouraged to feel their emotions. But um, what we, as we develop um, who, as I said, developing who we truly are is something that is organic. It is something from our experiences, from, um, you know, the people around us and, and what happens and how we move and how we, you know, the concept of our life. And it, it is all organic. Um, our real essence of who we are deep down is a growth. It starts when we're a child and then we grow and we sort of like find ourselves again. I truly think, you know, I, at this moment in my life now, I feel like I've found myself. I know who I am. Um, and I don't apologize for who I am either. Because when you know, when you find out who you are and you recognize who you are as an individual, you don't apologize for it. You, you embrace it. And um, as I said um, earlier, I you know, work with young people and I work with school children, you know, and I get them to think about what's really exciting about them or unique about them. And it's one of the questions I ask adults, I ask business owners this question, I ask children, um, when I say children, you know, they may be 10, 12 year olds, you know, teenagers. Um, and it doesn't matter at what age I ask this question, Everyone gets really shy about saying what's fantastic or what's great about them as an individual. They can't really think of anything positive. It's like when you, you know, you ask somebody, you know, tell me what are your strengths? All of us can talk about, you know, all the things that we're really bad at and, you know, what we're not really happy about ourselves and, you know, what we don't like about ourselves and all of those things. We could talk for absolute hours. But when we are asked, what is fabulous about you? What's unique about you? We get very quiet 
We don't really want to talk about that because we don't really know. Sometimes you don't really know what it is that's fantastic and unique about us. Um, and sometimes we just don't want to say um, because we feel like, oh, well, you know, it's bragging or, you know, but, if, but people might think we're being a bit sort of, you know, too much. We don't want to be too much. Um, you know, we just just want to be, just just hide ourselves in, in a in and uh, hide our light in some way because um if we put ourselves out there too much we put ourselves in a place where people will talk about us and say well you know you're just way too much and in fact why not why not be too much we are all that we are too much every single one of us are too much in our own way and so, you know, when I said, you know, I asked this question and people, you know, find it really hard to think about what that thing is. And what I then do is I say the best way, if you can't really think about what's great about you, think about what compliments you've had along the way. You know, what have people said to you in your life throughout your life? What are some of the things that you've heard continually that people say about you that are positive, that is positive? And that will help you to define what is unique or what's different about you. And sometimes it doesn't have to even be um, in terms of the type of person you are, um, your characteristics or anything. It can be um, just the way you dress, you know, your style, the color of your hair, your hairstyle. It can be just something that makes you stand out as an individual. And once you know what that is, own it. Own who you are. There is nothing more attractive than somebody who is owning who they are. Not in a conceited way, but just in an open way, in a loving way, in, um, in, in a happy way. Those people, you can see the true happiness just oozing out of them when they own who they are. And that's, I suppose, what people call confidence. They call, um, you know, somebody who is confident um, is somebody who's owning who they are. They're not apologizing for it. They're just being. So I'm, I'm just going to share with you to sort of just wrap up this whole um, you know, feel around uh, this concept about your true you. I think there are four key things that help us tap into our true selves. And um, I'm just going to run through these as I wrap up this show. The first thing is understanding what makes you truly happy. Do you know what makes you truly happy? Have you stood in a moment and felt like, I am so happy right now. And the reason I'm happy is because of this situation that I'm in. This place that I'm in, this thing that I'm doing, these people that I am around, I am so happy. Do you understand, you know, what makes you truly happy? If I ask that question, 
it could be that, um, and I think it, it is a good thing that you spend time really reflecting on it. Because a lot of the times we have gone so far from who we are and what we love doing that we forget what makes us happy. We have no concept. We've gone so far from it that we, you know, we can't remember the last time we were happy because we don't even know how to make ourselves happy. So that's a good question. Um, so that's one of the key things, understanding what makes you feel happy, truly happy, not superficially happy, but truly happy. The other thing is getting still to feel emotion. Getting still to feel emotion. And that is good and bad emotion. Why am I saying bad emotion and good emotion? You know, shouldn't I just be talking about good emotion? You know, getting still and feeling good. No, I think the best way is to tap into your good and your bad emotions, because when you understand what makes you feel bad and makes you feel unhappy, you're tapping into this in such a way that you can understand at an early stage what's not serving you, what's not making you feel good, what's giving you the, that feeling inside that's just making you feel uncomfortable. So many times we get caught up in stuff that's making us feel bad and we have gone so far into this feeling of feeling bad, so far down the line that all of a sudden we stop and we think, how did we get here? How are we in such a bad situation? How are we so unhappy? And that is because we haven't got still enough to understand what makes us feel bad and stop ourselves from going further down that road. So get still and feel emotion. Getting still is a wonderful thing. I love the stillness of time. For me, I love being by the water, just looking out at the ocean, just being still and just feeling. That's one of the things that makes me happy. Um, in fact, you know, it's a killing two birds with one stone. I understand what makes me happy is being still, but also being still, as I said, is, is a key thing that you need to be aware of. And then the other thing is finding your tribe. Find your tribe. Find the people that allow you to be you. I love the fact that I have such a, just a real dedicated group of friends. I don't have a huge, you know, amount of people around me all the time. I have just got a key group of friends that I know that they are my diehard friends. I know that I can just pick the phone up at any time and they are there for me and I am there for them. And they just get us. They just get me. Somebody that you know or people that you know that get you. You don't have to pretend around them. You don't have to um, put any ears and graces on. You can just be 100% you and they will get you. 
And it's seeking that tribe out because, you know, when you are authentically and you're truly you, those people are going to gravitate towards you. The people who do, who aren't your tribe are not going to gravitate towards you. They're just going to feel like, oh, you know what? She is too much. And I don't really want to be around um, her or him. You know, I would rather, you know, be around other people. And that's absolutely fine. Because they're not your people. They're not your tribe. So find your tribe. And as I say, you know, once you really tap into your, your true self, you are going to actually draw your tribe to you. And then finally, loving who you are unconditionally. Oh, my goodness. This is so hard. It is hard for so many of us to just love who we are. None of us are perfect. None of us can say that, you know, we've got everything together. We know where we're going. None of us knows where we're going. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We know what experiences we've had, but we don't know what will happen tomorrow. But we have to get to that place where we truly love who we are unconditionally. And don't apologize for it, especially when you get to a certain age in life. You are that person. You are that person, as I you know, shared my story as a child, and I, I've gone through my journey of life. And me at the stage of my life now, I can truly say that I love who I am. And I love the people around me. And yes, things are not always great all the time. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. There's going to be all sorts that go on in our lives. So, you know, it's not like life is hunky-dory all the time. But I love who I am, my mindset, how I think, how I deal with problems. And so I would truly say to you listening to this show right now is to have a little think about these four things, top things, key things that can help you tap into your true self. Understanding what makes you feel happy, truly happy, getting still to feel your emotion. And that's good and bad so that you can tap in when things are making you feel bad, you can tap into that in an early stage and move away from it. Finding your tribe, getting the right people around you, shedding the people that just not aren't serving you well. And then loving who you are unconditionally. I hope you enjoyed this show. Um, I know it's just been me talking, but I, you know, I just wanted to, as I said, set the scene with this first show. So thanks for listening. I'm going to be back next week with another edition of the True You Show. And I'm going to be bringing my, I'm going to start bringing my guests in. So I'll be here with a brand new guest. Um, as I said, every week I'll have a brand new guest but I will see you next week. And in the meantime, keep being your true self. 
Thank you so much for joining me in today's conversation. If you would like to know more about how you can start connecting with the true you, head on over to the business mentoring section of my website, paulaburns.net. There you will find downloads, one-to-one sessions, retreat information, and so much more. Women are describing their time with me as life-changing. I'll be back next week, but in the meantime, keep being the true you.